Today on Locked on Horn Frogs, TCU has a four-star wide receiver who has the Frogs in his top five that will be visiting this weekend. Are they losing ground on another big-time wide receiver? And, yes, TCU baseball, they're headed to the Super Regionals, and they're going to host a really um, interesting situation that TCU ended up benefiting from. We'll talk about all that and more next. Again, this is Locked on Horn Frogs. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right, Locked On Horn Frogs. It is your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also find us wherever it is you get your podcasts and its audio variety. We're going to talk some recruiting here in segment one, and I know a lot of you also want to talk baseball. We will get to that here in segment two and three. We'll talk about the TCU Horn Frogs, who will face off with Indiana State in the Super Regionals after sweeping through the Fayetteville Regional. Really, really impressive performance by Kirk Sarlus and company, and an amazing job that him and that staff and those players have done the last month or so turning the season around. But we begin with a couple four-star uh, well, one four-star wide receiver, one five-star wide receiver that we're going to talk about. The first will be making a visit, an official visit to TCU this weekend, and that is Gatlin Bear. He is a wide receiver out of Idaho. His top five, which he released in April, um, the top five schools, Nebraska, Michigan, TCU, Boise State, and Oregon, not necessarily in that order, just reading it off the graphic that he put on social media. The thing to know about Gatlin um, is that this guy can move. He ran the 100 uh, at the Idaho State track meet this year and ran it in 10.15. Did not know people from Idaho could move like that. Gatlin Blair is a fast wide receiver, highly coveted talent. And you see uh, the interest that he has from some big-name schools. There's the local connection with Boise State right there. You also have Michigan and Nebraska who are in the mix um, in a lot of these big recruitments, obviously, and then Oregon um, is there as well. Now, one interesting thing about about Gatlin um, is he's a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints, and unless something's changed, my understanding is he's planning on going on a mission. And so even though he's part of the 2024 class, um, unless some of their arrangements are made, it appears he won't actually be on campus until the fall of 2026, which is a long time to wait, obviously. But, I mean, this is a, a special talent. I think you can see that from the track numbers. You can see that from what he did at the high school ranks as well. He had over 1,000 yards receiving um, last year in high school, playing in Idaho competition. as a junior, 73 catches, 1,073 yards, 18 touchdown receptions. Um, he also threw a touchdown pass and had an interception and was a kick returner, punt returner, doing it all for his high school team, as you would expect from a four-star talent, a special talent at the high school ranks, but a chance for TCU to go ahead and make an impression on him, uh, maybe possibly get a commitment. You know, this class has been, I think, so far made up of players that have really high ceilings. Maybe the the ratings haven't quite caught up to the talent they have, but you you think eventually, you know, guys like Haas Haney, possibly guys like Travis Jackson and Tobias Steps will end up with, will end up being four-star talents in some cases, they already are by different rating services. Um, but Gatlin is, you know, highly rated, getting a lot of attention from a lot of different schools. And so this would be a nice get, and we'll see what TCU can do. And, again, for those of you that have questions about, you know, the, the two-year gap, um, I can't answer all those, but I know that there's a lot of schools around the country that think this young man is talented enough that they are willing to, 
you know, wait and reserve a spot for him in this class, but wait on him um, over the next few seasons. I think that speaks to the ability he has and just, you know, what type of player they think speed that I was talking about earlier, where he can just really move, which is super impressive. So Gatlin Blair making an official visit this weekend to TCU. We'll keep our eye on that and see where they are. Uh, this receiver class, I mean, they're going after a lot of highly coveted, highly sought guys. So if you could get him in the mix, I think that maybe gets the ball rolling a little bit. You know, we talk about momentum and recruiting. One commitment can lead to more, um, whether that's guys, you know, recruiting, whether that's guys that already committed recruiting other players or it's just a matter of players being like, oh, this player's going there. Well, I want to be a part of that too. So exciting stuff on that front. On another note, been seeing this today, just on social media, also on 247 Sports. Uh, Bryant Wesco, the Midlothian wide receiver, who's a five-star talent and is, is highly sought after by a lot of schools. He went on an official visit to USC. Oklahoma's recruiting him very hard. TCU's been in the mix for a long time. Malcolm Kelly has been building this relationship for a while. Also, Clemson coming after Bryant Wesco. And apparently he took a visit there this weekend. And so there's a number of 247 prognosticators that are putting crystal balls for Bryant Wesco to Clemson, meaning they think he's going to commit. Now, nothing's official yet as of the time that's recording. I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon. So I haven't seen anything official yet from Bryant. Um, Jeremy Clark has some more good intel on Hornfog Blitz, the TCU 247 site, about what he thinks is happening here and what might be going on. But it feels like it's trending towards Clemson. As of now, uh, he still is moving forward with his official visit to TCU that hasn't been canceled or anything. He hasn't made a commitment, but it is worth noting that similarly to Brett Venables at Oklahoma, uh, Dabo Sweeney has a pretty strict rule about once you commit, he doesn't want those young men going on other official visits. Now, will he make an exception for Bryant Wesco? I doubt it. I don't know that for sure, uh, but that's kind of the understanding that he just puts out there is that once you make this commitment, we want this to be, you know, it's not binding because it's a verbal commitment, but we would like you to sort of, interested in the recruiting process anymore. Sorry if there's some blips on your screen here. I guess I'm having some internet issues. Hopefully that gets worked out. But um, it appears that Bryant Wesco might be moving that way. I don't know all the reasons as to why that could be happening. I know um, fans and, and media members and like all of us, we get really excited about potential guys. And this is the type of player. I had Brian Smith on a couple weeks ago to talk about Bryant, and he wasn't super familiar with him yet as a player, but he watched his film and saw where he was rated and he was like listen this is the type of guy that TCU typically doesn't you know even get like a visit from even get the time of day from and so this is sort of a measuring stick on what they can do moving forward from a recruiting standpoint and I know there's a lot of people out there they're like we just went to a national championship when do we see this massive recruiting bump that we think is going to happen and what is holding TCU back from landing players of this caliber, at least from a rating service. I don't have all the answers to that. I think NIL is probably a factor there, and I don't have concrete numbers as to why. Like, I, I hate to come on here and speculate about TCU's NIL efforts because I just don't personally know exactly what's being offered to everybody. I can assume that Blue Bloods and big-name schools and some other schools like, like Miami, for instance, I know they have a big fund, they have big backers. I'm sure Clemson has a very competitive NIL package. Um, and – like we can sit here and talk about, well, it shouldn't be all about the money, but every like everything in life to a certain extent is. And so I'm never going to just, and I don't even know if that's the case, but I'm never going to disparage a young man for trying to get what he can get. I understand that that's just 
life and everybody's trying to take care of themselves and take care of their families or, you know, whatever the case may be, um, he can make this decision for whatever reason he wants. But TCU as a staff, you know, they're, they're going after some heavy hitters and um, you're going to lose out on some of those players. And this is not over. Even if you get Mr. Clemson, it's not necessarily over. We still got a long time until December rolls around. But as I said, with, you know, Dabo having a pretty strict rule about no more official visits, it would feel like if he's making that move, then he is to a certain extent shutting his recruitment down. We'll see what what goes down over the next few weeks. If TCU can still get him on campus, I feel okay about their chances. Um, And I would would love to have him here as a frog. But, again, there's a lot of different factors to this. The staff is going to have to evaluate and figure out, like, okay, what has to change? And maybe it's just a matter of having more sustained success along with beefing up NIL capabilities. Uh, But there does appear to be somewhat of a disconnect for some of those major players. I think overall TCU is going to be okay. They can still recruit at a high level. Uh, but we know, I mean, we know this to be the case. We can say this safely after the Georgia game. Just are stars everything? No. And in an individual basis, it's not the end of the world. Like, yes, there's a lot of players that aren't ranked super highly coming out of high school and end up being great players. But the bottom line is, like, everybody's chasing after these types of blue chip players for a reason. And you look at what the Georgias and the Alabamas do of the world, they get incredible talent year in and year out. So we'll keep an eye on that recruitment. I don't have all the answers as to what's going to happen there, but I just want to give you the latest intel that I've been hearing um, and, and seeing today on social media and on some of the different recruiting websites and 247. They got some crystal balls flying for Clemson, and we'll see how that plays out. Uh, in a moment, I want to discuss TCU baseball. They're moving on to the Super Regionals, and they're actually going to be hosting against Indiana State this weekend. And so we'll have to discuss that next I do want to mention quickly FanDuel. You see that disclaimer there and this little overlay. FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can go there and take advantage of their no sweat first bet deal. Game three of the NBA Finals going down on Wednesday evening. If you want to put the money line, if you want to make some prop bets, you can see what all they have to offer at FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can also just download their easy, safe, secure, uh, simple to use app. That might be the best way to do it as well. FanDuel.com slash locked on official official betting partner of the NBA and uh, official sponsor are one of the official sponsors of the Locked On Network. We're talking uh, TCU football now into some TCU baseball. So TCU baseball goes to Fayetteville. And, and I talked about this with uh, Jacob, uh, Jacob Davis before the, the regional this weekend, Arkansas at Baumwalker Stadium, their home field. They were 30-4 and four this season. Just super impressive at home all year long. Um, those Hog fans get after it. It's a great atmosphere, great place to play college baseball. And TCU handed the Hogs two losses. We talked on Monday about that incredible game Sunday. Trey Richardson has three home runs, 11 RBIs, two grand slams, one in the first inning, one in the second inning. TCU jumped all over. Arkansas and ended up winning that game by a final score of 20 to five. And then on Monday afternoon, uh, they had two chances to win one game and they only needed one of those chances as they end up defeating Arkansas in that game one to go three and with the Fayetteville regional and move on to uh, the super regionals where they will face the Indiana state Sycamores. Yes the alma mater of uh, Larry Bird, and they got a pretty salty baseball program this year. They win that game uh, 12-4, to 4, TCU that is, over Arkansas 
on Monday afternoon. Cam Brown started that game, and it was it was a typical Cam Brown start. Uh, bases loaded, nobody out to start the to start the ball game. Walked a guy, walked a couple guys, hit somebody. Was able to escape with only one run, and then settled in and threw uh, you know a really nice three innings. Um, then in the fifth, ends up running into some trouble. TCU had a two one lead going in the fifth. Hogs score three runs on a solo home run, the two run shot. Suddenly they're at four two, and Kirk Sarloose came in the game and brought in Ben Abelt, and Ben Abelt took it. And, and ran with it from there, shut out Arkansas, did an outstanding job over five innings um, or over four innings, excuse me. And he ends up, you know, leading TCU to victory. The bats finally started uh, going in the um, sixth inning. Austin Davis hit a two-run home run to give TCU a five-to-four lead. Curtis Byrne hit a, a couple home runs. Trey Richardson hit another home run to dead center. Arkansas eventually just ran out of arms. But a really, really impressive performance for TCU all around. You know, the bats speak for themselves. They've just been outstanding, really, the last month of the season. But you saw those runs scored in the Big 12 tournament, and they did it again um, in that Arkansas regional. It's a hitter-friendly park. The ball flies out there. So many home runs, so many big hits. But from the jump against Arizona, they were just all over it. And then they faced Hagen Smith, um, the potential first-round draft pick from Arkansas in that game on Sunday, took him to task. He came in again on Monday and actually pitched a lot better, but they survived, you know, that run, stayed in the ball game, and then once Arkansas had to go to the bullpen, uh, the game really changed. So TCU wins 12-4. It's honestly like you can't say enough about the job they've done. I really thought after that Texas series, or I guess the second game in that Texas series, when they fell to, I believe, 7-10 and 10 in conference play and um, – Carson Bowen got thrown out of the plate. I was like, man, this team might be cooked. Like, hopefully they'll sneak in the tournament, but I don't have high hopes for them. And now they're going on to the Super Regionals. Um, and a, a really interesting thing that's happened now. Um, so Indiana State, host of the regional. They were in line to potentially host the Super Regional because they are the four, number 14 national seed, or number 14 seed overall in the tournament. But they ended up not bidding on the tournament. It's because they have a relationship um, with the state of Indiana, the Special Olympics program. The Special Olympics are going to be happening there this weekend. And because of logistics issues, because of lodging issues, because of the fact that they just didn't have the staff simply to put on both events, they decided not to bid. So if you didn't know this, uh, TCU's going to be playing at home this weekend. And it's it's an unfortunate situation for Indiana State. I respect and uh, appreciate so much that they're – honoring this commitment to this long-standing event, and that's an outstanding cause, outstanding athletes that are going to be competing in the Special Olympics um, and, you know, Indiana State doing what they're supposed to do, like honoring that commitment. But Indiana State, who's had a great season, they're not going to be able to play at home, so it's moving to Lupton. It's going to be there in Fort Worth. Uh, the guys at the Lupton Drinking Club are doing a really cool thing on Twitter. They just brought some awareness uh, yesterday and said, hey, you can donate to the Indiana Special Olympics um, just donate to their fund, donate to the cost of putting on the event and, and all those things. And so they put the link up there if you want to check that out on Twitter. Um, but really cool uh, job by them, you know, turning what was a tough situation for Indiana State into potentially a really positive thing for the university and for uh, the Special Olympics there in the state of Indiana. Uh, but TCU is going to get just kind of a, a really fortunate situation, I guess, in the fact that they're going to get to host this thing. And the games will be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday if needed. Friday's game is Friday afternoon at 4. 
Saturday at three o'clock and Sunday uh, that time to be determined. And so we'll see what happens over uh, this week. But man, what an incredible job by TCU baseball. The pitching staff did great this weekend. Cole Klecker did his job against Arizona on Friday. Sam Soutenborough was really good against Arkansas on Sunday and fought through some weather delays and was steady. And then Cam Brown, you know, hung in there and got the job done on Monday afternoon. And I'm interested to see what they do with this staff and the Super Regionals. This is really the point now where you miss having a guy like Lewis um, Rodriguez in the rotation because he would have been such a good starter for one of these games, whether it was that Friday game or Saturday game. And then you have Sam and potentially a full loaded bullpen um, for Sunday if you need it. It really feels like Kirk likes what he's getting, though, out of Cam Brown. And I know Cam can be frustrating at times, and he gives up way too many free passes, but he has settled in. And now two starts in a row, both against Kansas State and against um, Arkansas, he sort of survived four innings. And I feel like if they if they can get four innings out of Cam Brown and then use somebody like Ben Abelt behind him to close out the game or at least to get you to the seventh or the eighth, then they think that's a good formula and a formula that they can win with. I, I have seen some people throwing out there, like, should you start a belt? And I don't know. It's a tricky thing. Like, he's been so good that I get the urge to do that. But at the same time, it, he hasn't really done that all season. He made a, stop, a spot start, excuse me, against West Virginia. It did not go well. He did not pitch well. Um, and since then, he's been nails out of the bullpen. And so I think Kirk will probably lean towards – keeping him in the role that he is in, but we'll see if he sort of rolls the dice and changes things up. The pitching staff is still not very deep. And if you get to Omaha, that can become an issue, but you have to beat Indiana state two times first. Uh, This lineup's been outstanding though. You know, Elijah Nunez is red hot. Braden Taylor's locked in. Trey Richardson had just an incredible weekend. And another guy that I haven't talked a lot about, but he's made this lineup a lot better is Curtis Byrne. Curtis Byrne, had three hits yesterday, two home runs and a double. He just missed a third home run. Um, he stepped into that DH role since Carson Bowen, the young freshman, ran with that catcher spot and has done really an incredible job and has made this lineup much deeper. And they're just seeing the ball and hitting the ball at a high rate. When we come back, I'll talk briefly about Indiana State and we'll wrap things up. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. So TCU hosting this regional. Their opponent will be the Indiana State Sycamores. Um, and if you don't know much about Indiana State, they are 45 and 15. They hosted a regional. They swept through that regional. Now they were kind of on the ropes against Wright State in their opening game. Ended up winning. Um, Iowa had them down in game two, but they cleaned up against the Iowa bullpen and won that game as well. They've won 45 games and 15 losses. I was looking at their schedule. So they started the year two and nine, but since then they have just been absolutely on fire. Um, they've been 43 and six since that two and nine start. Now, yes, they played in the Missouri Valley Conference, and so it's not a power five conference. Um, now they did get a win against Vandy in a midweek game. Overall, they're two and nine against quad one teams. Um, so haven't fared well against the best competition in the country. But this is a salty group, a solid big major club that's not going to beat themselves. I mean, I think it's going to be a test for TCU. But that being said, at home against this Indiana State team, I think they have to feel pretty good about this draw, especially the way they're swinging the bat right now. And we'll see what it ends up looking like when the dust settles 
but feels like this is a really good opportunity for TCU to get back to Omaha, which would be a huge deal. But regardless, really impressive performance in Fayetteville, getting that regional victory and moving on to the Supers. We'll talk some more baseball later this week, and we'll also have plenty of football coverage as well. It's Locked on Horn Frogs, and again, it's your team every day.